The Rink Rat Report podcast is also brought to you by Season 2 of The Lock Garage. Host Marco Shara, a Toronto criminal defense lawyer, interviews various criminal lawyers about the practice of criminal defense, gets them to share their war stories, and helpful tips for up-and-coming lawyers interested in the area of law. Out now on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Step into the garage, listen to the experts, and get a tune-up. The Rink Rat Report podcast is brought to you by BetStamp, the ultimate sports betting companion app. Track, follow, and analyze your bets across multiple sportsbooks. And while you're there, check out the world's first verified buy and sell marketplace for sports betting picks. Download the app today. Okay, we're recording? Yes, sir. Welcome, everyone, to the Rink Rat Report podcast. Uh, Very, very up and down week in Leafs Nation. As always, joined by Josh and Jason. It was a doozy. It was a doozy week. Oh, yeah. Some some takes flying around. Left, right, and center. I saw. Get rid of Mrazek. Get rid of Nylander. Get rid of Riley. Get rid of... uh, It was Lilgren. Get rid of Sheldon Keefe. Get rid of Dubas. Get rid of Shanahan. Um, yeah, Justin Hole. I heard his name thrown out did there as well. Did anyone say get rid of Nylander, or did everyone like react to a fake tweet? No, like <laughs> some old heads were saying get oh, rid of Nylander. He did have a terrible winter uh, Heritage Classic. Mm-hmm. Sorry, cannot call it the Winter Classic. It was the Heritage Classic. But we'll get into that in a little bit. Shall we run through this week yep. as quick as we can? Let's start with that. All right. So we start off, the Dirt Dogs came up to Canada. You know, usually the snowbirds from Canada leave in the winter for Arizona, but the Dirt Dogs from Arizona came up to Canada, and they kind of kicked some ass this week. I'm not going to lie. I mean, shooting what? They scored four goals on 14 shots on Ottawa yesterday. Shout out David, the resident sense fan. But it was a former Leafs revenge game as well in there. couple Travis Boyd goals. An Alex Galchenyuk goal in there as well. How do you do? Um, on top of this, most notable part of this game, I thought, second most notable part of this game, um, that was some of the worst goaltending I've ever seen from Peter Mrazek. Those first two goals should not go in in a minor league AAA game. Max Bantam AAA game. I don't know how you get so out of position in that second one there. Uh, the first one was just a god-awful rebound. First taste of Eric Schalgren in this game. Some good fight back to push it to overtime. And then the most notable part of this game, the non-call in overtime. Do you think, before we get to the next game, do you think that non-call and the overall momentum of Austin Matthews, the conversation about how he gets no calls, he gets no respects from the refs, com- combine that with the Dalene play in front, led to his, that was like a, that cross-check was like a, a build-up yeah, of some, frustration. Uh, there's some angst behind it, I'll definitely. Yes. Yeah, but that non-call brought to you by Hakeem Optical. Not actually. <laughs> but... Let's move on. We moved on from that game. Said, hopefully we can get a save from P- Peter Mrazek. Like, come on. Outdoor game. Shiny new helmet. I was very disappointed in this game. An outdoor game. The Heritage Classic. Outdoors. None of the goalies were sporting a, uh, a toque. We, we played in an outdoor tournament, right, Josh? We did. Um, I made sure to go out. I didn't purchase it. I, like, I tried to save as much money as I could when I was 18. I went out and actually bought a toque. To just have on my head. Does it do anything? I have no idea. Who, who was it that did it? Not first, but was it Jose Theodore? Probably. In that game against Edmonton? I remember yeah. very vividly. So his. cool. And Fleury's done it in the past? Yeah. Miller, a lot too. of them. Miller. Miller, Miller. Miller yeah, yeah. was a big Miller one I really liked. One. But. Say the any, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But anyways, Mazik had a nice helmet. And he had 
you know, specially custom made for that game, but whatever. Um, didn't understand why he got a new glove for that game. He couldn't catch worth a shit. But that game, I don't know. The Leafs played awesome. Like it started out of the gate slow. It was snowing. The game was in Hamilton, um, and like it was very slow. But the second period, it got going. The Leafs got going. The Leafs were the far better team than the Sabers in the second period. And then, <laughs> oh Peter, oh Peter, uh, pumpkin eater. He let in a god awful goal, and the wheels fell off from there. I have to say, TNT beat the wheels off of Sportsnet in this game in terms of game presentation. Uh, Sportsnet decided to use. I don't know. It felt like they were trying to follow along Spider-Man flying through New York City. TNT kept it simple, barely did any play-by-play, and just did an interview with Wayne Gretzky the entire time. It was awesome. Uh, William Nylander played like shit in this game. Very, very noticeable. Not going to mince words. Lilligren got benched too. So not a great game for the Swedes. Not a game. Not a great game for the Europeans. But kudos to Buffalo. They beat the wheels off us. Three Twice. goals. Yep. Three That's goals in two games against uh, Craig Anderson. And how many for Buffalo? Ten goals in two games for Buffalo. <laughs> yep. The Peter Mrazek experience. So, we limp back to Scotiabank Arena tonight to play the Dallas Stars in the Robertsons game. We had some stories come out about the Robertsons. We'll talk about that later. It was kind of crazy. But we also had... But although there was two Robertsons in this game, it was dominated by King Eric Schalgren. King Cali, as they call him. He made a save. He made another save. He made another save. And he made a lot more than... He was a lot more consistent than what we've seen from Leafs goaltenders in, over the past few months. We'll say that. Uh, Marner and Bunting absolutely beating the wheels. Sorry to use that analogy again. But beating the wheels off of the, the narrative that they are carried by Austin Matthews. Because they looked very good tonight with John Tavares. They cycle the puck incredibly well. They don't need Austin Matthews for that. They can put Alex Kerfoot there. They'll still cycle the puck well. Results won't be like they are with Matthews, but they look good. They are very good players. So the Leafs finally beat a playoff team without having to give everyone a heart attack, and the new lines all around looked pretty good. And that's Yeah, that's a great recap. That's a great rundown. I love that. That was perfect. Any surprise that John Tavares had in terms of his shot numbers, his... Fancy stats, probably his best game in, I don't know, three months. Not at all. I Maybe since the last time he played with a certain right winger on the Leafs. Someone. Well, I said it right before the game. I heard a, I heard a take from a certain someone that we're going to see John Tavares on the third line moving forward. And I said, you know what? Like He is being put in a spot. He's under the microscope. He's in the spotlight this game. He's much more important now that Austin Matthews is out for these two games. And I said, you know what? Like, if Marner, like what happened in the beginning of the year, if Marner feeds him and he's wide open and he air mills it 10 feet over the net, like we've seen him do way too many times this year, like, are you going to just sit there and watch him get outperformed by Alex Kerfoot and go, yep, he deserves more time than Kerfoot, right? But he didn't. I he will made the say most of it. I, that person who had that take, shout out Eric. I think it was more like it's not unreasonable. It was, but it mm-hmm. wasn't like John Tavares demoted to the third yeah. line. It was more like what we've talked about before, where it's like an Kerfoot even split. Promoted. Kerfoot plays second line center with Nylander, and Tavares plays with let's say Kasha yeah. and Kerfoot's been good, and whomever, maybe Robertson, and that or whatever. But that becomes more like a you can send both those lines out there, and then yeah. your fourth line is just the buried. 
Kampf angle. I did think I, I will backtrack a little bit. I did think it was an interesting proposition because we are seeing Tavares under the microscope a lot heavier than what we usually do when Austin Matthews is in the lineup, right? So if he just completely, you know, looks like a slug out there, are you really going to want to see him more minutes when Matthews is back? Or are you going to see want to see the guys that outperformed him? Well, here's the other thing. Like, Jason's mentioned this for the last, I don't know, two months. Our fourth line has been absolutely, utterly unproductive for two months now. Mm-hmm. Why don't – I don't think it's a crazy idea to say, okay, I, like, I like Wayne Simmons. Maybe he can chip in here or there in the playoffs, but give him – a little seat on, like, maybe a healthy scratch. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Make your fourth line, Kampf, Mikheyev, and Engvall. Those guys play strictly defensive minutes, defensive zone draws, 10 to 11 minutes a game. And you can do Robertson, uh, Kerfoot, Nylander, and you can do Kasha, Tavares, Spezza. And maybe you flip Spezza and Robertson there. Mm-hmm. And do Spezza, Kerfoot, Nylander. Because you know Spezza's played well in the playoffs. It's just, I'm just thinking that way maybe you have more effective lines Mm -hmm. offensively with one that plays mostly defensively. Because right now, no offense, the fourth line is giving us absolutely nothing. Like, they had a better game tonight, I feel like. Well, that's because Kerfoot, like, this, sorry, not tonight, but this week. This week he was like, on. The yeah. fourth line has been better this week because of Kerfoot. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think any, any line that Kerfoot's been on. He had a sneaky on, good week. Yeah, he's, any, any line he's been on, honestly, since he's been demoted. Um, not really demoted, but since uh, Robertson's been called up and kind of taken maybe his spot on the second line. Ever since then, like, of the, of the three players who played on that right line originally, John Tavares, William Nylander, and Alex Kerfoot, who do you guys think has been the best of those three since then? I would say Kerfoot, honestly. He's been the right? most consistent, yeah. like, every night in, night yeah. out. Just, He's a good puck distributor. Yeah. Yeah, and he, he, looks, clearly he looks great. Like Inferior skill-wise to the other absolutely, guys. Like, absolutely, absolutely. But mm-hmm. I, what he does on the ice is, it's it's great. Like, I love how he's been. One thing I've noticed in particular, he's, he's helped our fourth line and third line, wherever he's playing. He's helped us break out the puck a lot more to, just ma- by making smart plays in our own zone. But Also, the other thing, going back to Tavares, is, again, when you play with Marner and Bunting, and specifically Marner, his game can get way mm-hmm. simpler. Mm-hmm. He was battling in front for most of the game. They showed yeah. a highlight pack of him just being physically dominant you in front. He, Easy, simple. He scored. From he it. scored. It's a simple. It becomes the game gets a lot simpler when mm-hmm. you play with. Not that the guys he plays with are inferior, but yeah. it's just different. Like we talked about, Nylander's become much more of a shooter this year instead of distributor. Oh, yeah. Mitch Marner, even in spite of him on pace for thirty-five goals, he's still the. T- the top or one of the top passers in the entire league. Yeah. So that's all, all, automatically going to help John yeah. Tavares. Uh, one other thing I'm going to pass you this. Uh, Nick Robertson on the fourth, he looks pretty relentless out there on the puck. He's a bit of a puck hound. There was a, a 15-second sequence where Dallas had it in their end. They were trying to break it out, and he just like what didn't steal oh it, but gosh. just kept getting stick on puck, stick on puck, stick on puck. Yeah, got to the neutral zone. Leafs ended up with the puck, like clear possession. There, the there were five puck touches from five different players on Dallas, and every single time they touched the puck, Nick Robertson was right there. You got to post that clip on on Instagram. If, yeah, I'll get if, if uh, yeah, if you're listening to this, go check us out. Uh, because go I, check out on Instagram. Yeah, I posted all of his his chances that mm-hmm. he got and his goal that he got. I posted that recently, but like. This is another part of the game. It was This guy should be in the top six or top nine. Oh. He should. After that head shake, I thought you were going to be like, what the hell are you guys talking no, about? No, I mean, <laughs> I was like, like, what? Like, he clearly is trying his best to make the most of his opportunity. Yeah. There's been no okay. 
call up complacency. There's been no, oh, I'm in the yeah. league now and I'm here to stay. He's acting like he needs to earn a spot every night, and I, I like it. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I, I pulled a, a random little clip from the game and our, our resident video coached him to no, that was, me over the that was great. <laughs> that was great. Relentless. But the yeah. only thing with him, and I've heard it a lot, is sometimes when he has the puck, just not to be so yeah. jumpy, right? Jumpy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he sometimes... Not just pucks on net kind yeah. of thing. Or, or pucks over net or pucks missed net. Pucks yeah. Over net. yeah. But. That as well. It was funny. When I posted that on, on uh, TikTok, I don't know why I was about to say Tinder, but <laughs> wrong TI app. Um, someone said, like, I, I do like this guy, but he just shoots, he misses the net so much. And then that... That game against the Coyotes, he airmailed it over the net like three times. Yeah, someone said, I forget who someone was comparing it to on the rear. I think it was like Caulfield to start the year this year. Maybe. Or Six. Nylander when he was younger. Yeah, exactly. Like similar scenario where these guys are getting a ton of puck touches and shots, but they're just way too hyper with the puck. Like it's yeah. like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Oh, here we Instead go. Instead of maybe slow it down and just get it on net, shoot it hard, yeah, shoot exactly. it on net. But, you never know. Um, yeah, the other thing. Are we still talking forwards or yeah, what? Let's let's keep in the forwards. Um, yeah, I don't have that. I like I love that line with Engvall, Kampf, and Mikheyev. Yeah, I love it. That's been a solid, so solid line. I love it. And I, again, I'm not. I don't want to nitpick the forward line, but I think there's an opportunity to really balance out the lineup somewhere. Here. Absolutely. You see, uh, David Camp claim Tyler Sagan's ankles. That was amazing. That was, yeah, and then a he cut back, buried it, in buried it. But of course, it's David. Camp. He has flashes. That's but, all we care about. But yeah, our David Camp. Wow, turned into a sniper there, but I, I know we touched a bit on the fourth line. But going forward, how do you guys feel about so tonight uh, the against the Stars? Um, kind of an odd thing. Clifford, after being with the team for I don't know a month and a half in, in the NHL, finally gets to to draw in. Um, what do you guys think of that? As is, do you think that's like more of a message for Simmons, or do you think that's there? There's I think they just want like one pure physical guy in okay. the lineup at a time. That makes sense. And they're like, we need to give Simmons a rest, whether like he wanted to or not, or he was okay with it or not. And they're just like, we need some grit kind of on that fourth line. They okay. play him seven minutes, whatever, run around, throw some hits, which he did. Yeah. It was all right. It's not bad. So would you want that in the playoffs though? Or would you rather like, because right now the, the forwards, I, I think those spets, uh, Spezza, Simmons, and Clifford would, for me, it would be in the mix for the 12th forward. I have Robertson, Kosh, and then the the rest of our lineup, like our third line, second line, first line. Um, how would you? Who would you guys have as the number 12? Uh, who would I have? Or who? Like I don't think Robertson's locked in the top 12 for the playoffs for this team. No way. No. No way. No. Did he just scratch? Got scratched last game. But to that be, was for to be fair. Okay. Though, they to be to fair. Get okay. Yeah. Like okay. The, 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 we, we've been we've been down this road before. I just don't. I, I, well, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. I, I I don't think Nick Robertson has done anything to get himself played out of the lineup yet. I agree. The he, at least there was have been other times in his career where that's been the case as well. That's true. But I think yeah. honestly, I think this year it seems like they've. The Leafs yeah. have. It wasn't like he put up seventeen points in two games, whatever, with the Marlies since coming back from injuries, and the Leafs were like, "Yep, call him up." Like it was eight points in nine games, kind of thing. And then, like Kyle Dubas came out and was like, "We absolutely love the way Nick Robertson's playing." He didn't play in the Heritage Classic. I think that was just a veteran kind of thing. Um, we'll get into it more. Never mind. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Do you guys know what his average time on ice is in seven games for the Leafs? Eleven minutes. 12 minutes? 9.58. You, you think got, that guy's well, yeah, locked he, in the top 12? Well, he's he also not played playing. three games in the in 
So what's it been the past three games? This game he played seven minutes. Wow. Yeah, he's got to he's got he's got to be given more time, honestly. Seven minutes? No, sorry. You know what? That was the Arizona game, but he also played very little this game. I'll give it to you right now. One sec. Okay. He was last in the team in five on five on ice, and then I don't know how much power he was. He eleven. He played minutes. like a couple minutes. So probably 11 12, minutes. 12 minutes. Eleven, twelve minutes. Two shots on goal. Is that correct? Yes, yeah. it is. Sorry, uh, Arizona game. He played seven. This game, he played eleven. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Is that just five on five or no? That's no, the whole total. Game. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. Game. So, I was just thinking that. Yeah. Nah. Never mind. I'm just that. That goes out the window. What? I was because one of my biggest criticisms of the Leafs last year, I think we all can agree with this, is that, um, and, and going into this year was that we really didn't know exactly what we had in our guys, in our in our young guys, and. Sand and Lilligren. Now we know for sure. What, like, not. Yeah, I went from not playing them to suddenly playing ten games them in a row on the it, first pair. It, it, exactly. Kind of my. I don't know how that does for a guy's psyche either. It's kind of. Yeah. T- it's got to be tough. Yeah, so. but that and then p- paired with there was news today that Elliot Freeman dropped on the podcast on his, his Thirty Two Thoughts podcast. Might have been on the Fourteenth, but um, he mentioned. I don't know if this is just him, kind of speculating, but he mentioned specifically Nick Afridzezi. Um, that uh, the Leafs want to probably want to take a look at him in the NHL when once he's finished uh, in college. How at Harvard? What do you mean? Where? I don't, I, that's a great like, question. <laughs> I don't know, but that just makes me. I'm. That's just me pie in the sky, hoping that they're starting to learn that they're learning that we need to start getting a look at these guys sooner. But uh, I will ha- do a meat mountain if either of those guys play a playoff game this year. Oh, I found out. Cool. Nice or oh, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. near my cottage, I believe there is an Arby's. So where, so. Like, where I'm waiting. Let's go. I, by it, the way, I think since you said that, Matthews literally is averaging a goal a game. Yeah, yeah he is. 36 and 37, right? He is. That's I have great. to do it. I, I looked it up on Saturday. I'm like, I'm going to do it. And then, like, it was just an hour the other way that I was coming from. I'm like, damn it. I'm, I'm not doing it. I will get it done but before the regular season ends. Do you understand what I'm saying? Though? How are you? am I supposed to s- expect that those guys who are, you know, Hopefully, promising young forwards I are going to watch them on Saturday. How are they going to play if Nick Robertson gets yeah, scratched some game? I know it's it's tough. I mean, I I think both of those players are done in college, especially Nick Abruzzese. I was going to say, do you think Nyes is going to be one and done? Um, it looks like it. They were so my Saturday, uh, very entertaining, very lit Saturday. I watched the third period of Minnesota Penn State. Or the second and third period, Minnesota, Penn State. And I got to watch RPI and Harvard play. And then I got to watch Ottawa blow a lead against the Chicago Blackhawks. So, very exciting Saturday. But I got a good, better look at Abruzzese, and I got a better look at Nyes. They absolutely love Matthew Nyes in Minnesota. The color commentator for the Big Ten Network was saying, I love how this guy just plays with reckless abandonment. When he goes for the puck, he is a puck hound out there. And it doesn't hurt, hurt that he's 6'3", I believe over 200 pounds. Yeah, 210 on his hockey. He's really, go- he's really good at hunting pucks in there. Something that, like, fourth line, why not? Like, ch- chip and chase kind of guy. Knows what to do. In front of the net is pretty good as well. We've seen that. And as I mentioned several times, hard, hard shot too. And I think he's about a point a game this year yep. in the NCAA. I, I think he's done... In college, wouldn't overly surprise. I'm about 70-30. I'm sure done. there's going to be a big push to get him back, though. He, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I think like 
Minnesota, I believe, had the Big Ten Player of the Year, Ben Meyer, who will be leaving as well. I think some players are leaving, so they're going to be making uh, Jack LaFontaine left midseason. Justin closes their goalie. He's he's all right. He's whatever. But so that was Matthew Nyes. That was they they were gushing over him. Abruzzese just looks like, like it was against RPI. We do have to watch the next round as well. I don't think they're playing anyone special there too, but it just looked like. He was way above the competition. What did surprise me, he's 5'9". He plays center. I don't know if that's going to continue in the in the pros as well. Around the net, got some really good chances. Scored to push it to overtime right in front of the net. Had a fantastic chance as well. Got robbed by Jack Watson, uh, former St. Michael's buzzer. Or Jack Watson, very good rookie year he's having. And then on top of that, just toe-dragged the hell out of someone too. Like, it... it it looks a little bit too easy for him there. It should be, I mean, though. He he, should be he's gone. turning 23 this summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. 99 Like, if born. he's a legitimate Leafs prospect, he should be yeah. absolutely dominating. Yeah. I, I, I don't... I mean, it's Harvard. I can understand, like, hockey's not the be-all, end-all of the world. So, if he goes back for a fourth year, I can see why. However, in terms of hockey development... Like, I understand why he went back this year. He had the hip surgery. Missed all of last year. Right. So, came back... Still dominated. 23 point, 27 points in 23 games this year. He went six games in a row without a point. I don't know what happened there, but pretty impressive. So very good, skilled player, smart, and knows what to do around the net. Mm-hmm. And just, just for contrast, like, um, of when guys come into the league, like Kerfoot was someone who, who went to Harvard, and he came in at, at age 23 is when he came into the NHL. So that's like a, yeah. He played all four years. He played all four years. So that's kind of like a, a nor, it's a normal thing for players to do that. So just wanted yeah. to clear that up. But for yeah. those that don't also, know. just using Kerfoot is not like there's a there's a, a ton of other players. I know the majority of guys. Who, the majority no. The majority of guys who are twenty three, twenty four, coming from college are not successful NHL players. Okay. No, well they're not top six yeah. NHL players. I know, but I'm just saying like. That so is like not. That is not. Your your t- your guys coming out of college at that age, like Jimmy VC, your Zach Aston Reese's. But those are the guys John that made Marinos. the NHL. I'm just saying. Like, yeah, they're they're Nick lower Abra- end guys. Nick Abrazzi could be a, like. There's a million guys in the a- that mm-hmm. end up just yeah. going to the Andy NHL. Andy that, that never do anything. Yeah. I just yeah. want everyone to understand that that is not the most replicable NHL success path. That's all. Yeah, just being older and more physically dominant than everyone exactly. else. Exactly. And that doesn't mean he's not going to be good, but I'm just saying. Yeah, he the, looks pretty good. He looked good at the Olympics, too. That the was encouraging. O- the overwhelming precedent is for those guys not being impact NHL players. A lot of them do. Yeah. The, most of these well, guys not, you don't hear. Nice is younger. Nice is different. He just got Nyes drafted. Yeah. Nice would be similar to Matty yeah. Beneers or Owen Power. Yeah. Like, it's a completely different story. Yeah. In terms of Abbott says, I know what you're saying there. I But, I, like, just. It's been encouraging to see a fourth-round pick who was passed up in his NHL draft come in and, and look very good this year. Yeah, I'm just, especially at the Olympics. I'm just trying too. to give the context yeah, of, of it, of yeah, it, right? Because I don't know if that's important. All of our listeners under like yeah, you're talking about Abrazzi and Nye similar, but Nye's was drafted a couple drafts after, and he's three ish, two and younger. a half, three years younger, yeah. and Different he's also much more physically mature. He's the guy that you want to look at as oh wow, like let's not trade him. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, oh, yeah, no. Nice is way more valued than. Exactly. I just wanted that to be. Yeah. Pots but you're right. Already. There's a lot. How about Tyler Bozak? Tyler Bozak was a college. Yeah. He was a free agent. Yeah. He was younger, though, I believe. He was a little younger. But no, I'm just sorry. saying. Like, no. He played all five years of junior. 
So he's the same and age. And then he played two years of college at Denver, I believe. So similar age. Yeah. So but there I'm just, there's success stories and there's not. Yeah. But we'll see. I, I don't think those guys are playing. Maybe maybe they'll get one or two games. Yeah, I think so too. But no no meaningful minutes. And they would have to sign first, right? They're not signed yet. So Nope, they are not because they are playing college hockey in yes. which you don't yeah. sign your entry-level deal. Yeah. Abruzzitzi yeah. might be one of those guys who burns his ELC plays games and then is on a two year after that becomes very common, but we'll see. See that. And Hey, hopefully they want to play for Toronto. A lot of these guys don't turn pro and want to become free agents, but yeah, that's true. I don't think that'll happen here. Yeah. But anyways, overall sentiment, I was very encouraged from what I saw from the forward group from, from, uh, from them, from those two guys. But yeah, from the, the forward group this week, it was on and off. I gotta say, uh, hit and miss. We'll call it the Buffalo game. I think, didn't really show – didn't really represent how many – like two goals on Craig Anderson. I thought they played a little bit better than that. Yeah. Um, especially that one I wanted to – like it was the tale of two games for William Nylander. Started off the game, great pass on the power play to Matthews, fed him wide open, replica, exact replica of what we saw against Nashville and against what, and what we saw against Seattle, but he wasn't able to bury it home there. And then – he got his assist where he shot it on net. Andre Kasha cleans up the rebound. Starting the game pretty well. Fourth goal just completely gets bodied in his own end. Ends up in the back of the net. We'll talk about that goal later. And then the fifth goal, I don't know what he's doing at the blue line there for the empty net. Yeah. Very up and down. Feels like he just gave up on that, that puck yeah. on that empty net. Showed some, better, showed some more life tonight. Yeah, for sure. Dallas, for sure. I thought. Yeah. But there are flaws to William Nylander's game. He's mm-hmm. a fantastic player, but there are flaws. And it's been a tale. I feel like I've said this almost for the past couple of weeks now, but it's a, it's again, it's a tale of two seasons. The one we, the Nylander we saw in uh, October, November, December is not the Nylander we're seeing in January, February, March. Yeah, not at all. And it's just what happened. Not I don't know why. I wouldn't say not. Uh, not. Yeah, I'm not. I, I don't think I'm at the same level as you, but I yeah. know what you mean for sure. Yeah, I, I, th- I, I think that's a fair point because when you look at his game, he's pretty much offensively dominant, right? He's an offensive player. He doesn't really contribute in a lot of other ways, but he's elite at contributing offense. But we know it's an NHL season. It's a long season. Even the best offensive players see ebbs and flows. Mm-hmm. So that's what he's seeing. He's seeing ebbs and flows. And then, like you said, when for a from the second period on, he's not even he's not really chipping in as much offensively. Yeah. Those defensive Blunders become more magnified mm-hmm. in your brain. Yep. Maybe yeah. he was cold. Maybe, Maybe. it's also looked, you know, outdoor looked, games are weird. Yeah, outdoor in games the practice, are weird, yeah. he looked so fat. I don't know how many layers he had. There's a oh, video yeah. of him walking. It looks like he is 300 pounds because he's probably got 700 layers underneath there. But he looks large. We'll call it that. But anywho. Is that all we have for the forwards? Is yeah, again, really? it's, it's going to be interesting as you get to the deadline if this is a spot they make an ad or not. I don't see the room, really. Yeah, I don't even I don't. see the room for next year. I already went over this. They have yeah. like 12 guys signed. So I see. I think and, they like their forward group. And I think, Matthew Nice. I, yeah, I think they have a pretty good forward group. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't know if it's top, top tier. I think the top tier is the top line. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. And you're going to hope they keep. And you know, the power play, hopefully. And the power play, yeah. So. And I keep going. I've I've been going back and forth all year. At the start of the year, I want I want Kerfoot gone halfway through, like 
couple games in. All right, let's keep Kerfoot. Now close to the deadline, I want Kerfoot gone. Three and a half. Now I'm starting to lean towards let's keep Kerfoot. No, you I keep like him. him. Yeah, I, I like I, him. I, I don't think. I, there's other guys if you want. Like Morazic. Yeah. Get rid of him if you yes. want to clear. Yes. Yeah, we'll get yeah. into that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Transitioning into the defense. Before we get into the defense, let's talk about Manscaped. Today's podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. The best in below-the-waist grooming. The champions of the world of that. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer. We cannot say enough good things about these products that they sent us. The Lawnmower 4.0. The lawnmower that I believe is called the lawnmower for the ear and nose trimmer that they gave us as well. That's incredible. The ball deodorant that you've gone on weekly about. Um, I actually did purchase on my own. (laughs) They didn't send me this one. I purchased on my own the uh, body wash. It smells incredible. I've never, I've never had like, I think there's cologne in it insert infused in it. Do you have like a little profile of it? Like, is it like a musky? Is it like a, I don't have that. Further, I have to. I'll keep using it. All right, but all right. I did. I did purchase that. Okay, and it's incredible. Mm-hmm. But get twenty percent off and free shipping with the code RINKRAT. That is R I N K R A T at manscaped.com. Twenty percent off and free shipping at manscaped.com using code RINKRAT at checkout. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. We Let's love Manscaped. We love we it. Love it. Love it. Uh, let's get into some defense, shall we? Yes. I, this is what the rant I want to say. I want you to go for you go first, though. What? What? No, Everyone's giving Sheldon Keith credit for putting Labushkin with Riley. Joe said that three weeks ago, and it's like so obvious that Lilgren was like, I get his. He's going to be a really good player. He did some really good things well, but he was struggling playing with Morgan Riley, and they didn't complement each other very well in the defensive zone. They were the same, one in the same. And one game, he just puts the guy that makes the most sense with Riley, which he should have done ten games ago. And now everyone, oh, Sheldon Keefe just showed his coaching prowess and his master class, you know, starting starting Shulgren and putting Lil, Lubushkin with with Riley. First of all, he had to start Shulgren. There's almost like I would have almost been equally surprised if Morazic was a starter. It was like a pure 50. It, it wasn't that surprising to me. I don't know about mm-hmm. you guys. Yeah. After that heritage class. No, yeah. once, once you give up like multiple goals on the goal line in the fashion that Morazic did, especially like in such close spans, you, you got it. And Joe said Riley with Labushkin literally three weeks yeah. ago on this part. Yeah. Yeah. Four weeks ago, like right after he got traded here. Well, my main, my main, main, main point was like in the playoffs, you're gonna have to when Muzzin comes back. I think what makes the most sense because of what's out there in the market is putting uh, Muzzin with Brody and then Riley with a stay-at-home defender in Labushkin. Like it just complements itself so much, mm-hmm. so much more. But they continue to put. Lilgren with Riley, and then we saw the results. Yeah. <laughs> there was one play where it was the puck was in the neutral zone, and against Buffalo, there was a he only played ten minutes, but there was a couple gaffes from Lilgren. I love him. The on ice results this year, like the the expected goals, they are w- the way they are for a reason. He does do a lot of good things. His mistakes are very just they're huge gaffes it seems like in his own end similar to a certain number 51 should i'm not, I s- I'm not ready for that for him because, i'm not either yeah. i'm not either he's still very young but just so, something that i thought of anywho our, our friend not, josh not josh unfair. simpson was talking about on on twitter he, re, he wrote an article on like this just gives me 
Jake Gardner vibes. I'm not going to lie. But, yeah, there was a couple gaffes, especially the, the, the first goal against Buffalo. That goal was so like just so defensively bad and bothered me because it was Peyton Krebs had the puck, if I'm not correct, right? I believe so, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So he has the puck. He's coming down on Riley. Riley's in the middle there. Uh, John Tavares is back-checking. Krebs is going in so slow. Mrazek is tracking back just in case there's a pass across. But Krebs is moving so slow. I don't know how he's able to move this slow that Mrazek has to actually like challenge more because he's falling too far back in his net because Krebs is moving so damn slow. He steps out. Krebs just has a wide open lane, feeds it across, one-timer goal. Not Mrazek's fault at all. Like he, he didn't have the momentum going across because he couldn't track back because Peyton Krebs had so much time with the puck. And it all started with a little grin turnover, just to throw that in there. But looked a lot better tonight in a sheltered role with his buddy Rasmus Sandin. But I, I, I agree with you. Labushkin and Riley looked so much better than what we've seen these past few days. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know if you guys touched on that, but in in the Heritage Classic game, I don't know. I'm pretty. We're we're pretty sure we're not 100 percent sure that Lilligan actually got benched and Labushkin ten minutes. Yeah, and so Labushkin got some shifts in there with with Riley and. Tonight, especially, he yeah. looked good. I just do want to make a note. They did lose the expected goals battle, and I know that sounds... Lilgren Sandin? So, no, sorry. Riley Labushkin. Sorry, yeah. I'm kind of bouncing around. They did lose the expected goals battle, but I, I want to point out that it was 1.267 to 1.486. So they didn't lose it by that much, and the Dallas Stars, at the end of the period, got a full expected goals off of those four shots at the end, at literally the very end of the period uh, when Labushkin got the penalty. Oh, so yeah. that's like, I I I know it's a good it's, I, that's just yeah. my way of like rationalizing. It's not as bad as too. yeah. I I thought the pair looked amazing tonight. Yeah. I thought they looked really good, and it's so simple. It just made so much sense. Yeah. Right. It's like you you, you have the puck move, with defense. <laughs> exactly, offensive puck mover with defensive stay at home clear the net guy. It's just like such an obvious move, and it's like, it's such a shock that it wasn't made sooner, especially yeah. considering how well Labushkin looked on our third pair. Exactly, and yeah. what he brought yeah. to that third pairing, too. And also, Sheldon Keefe said about, like, 40 minutes ago that they're going to play together again next game. Perfect. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. That should, there I, you go, Sheldon. I'm comfortable with that going forward. I'm, I'm very comfortable with that going forward. So, e- uh. Yep. Um, but, yeah, me- you mentioning that Lilgren got benched. I, I, for some reason, I I don't know why I didn't just count it up. That would have made entirely too much sense for me, but I was like, oh, the Leafs are rolling 7-D. That's why I'm seeing all these different pairings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't realize, oh, I haven't seen the low grid in yeah, yeah. the past 20 minutes. He did uh, get a seat. I was I, too encapsulated from Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> I also think uh, I'm happy, like Jason said, we know more about Lilgren, but it also gives... It, it, I think they painted him in, into an unfair like an, an unfair yes. picture of him to some fans. From it's me. a fans for sure, and fans and media, I think for sure, he's been painted in a horrible light. Except for the analytics community, which are saying he's a top three D in the which, I don't know. anyways, gonna skip over that. But I think in terms of Leafs development, they've got him right where they want him. I think at least, right? But yeah, Timothy Lilgren. It's gonna be an experience. Uh, Travis Dermott getting scratched for the Heritage Classic, and for, and for tonight as well. And for tonight, two back to back games. When they had he was on the graphic for tonight. They're like oh, seven p.m. Yeah. Dallas, and it was picture of Travis Dermott and they scratched him. Yeah. Is that surprising though? Kind of. I thought he looked pretty good yeah, with 
I, the I, third pairing. But who would have came out then? Timothy That's Lilligan. The from know. the first pair to out of the lineup? Got benched. Like, I don't know. Like, sense. They did that to Rasmus Sandin, didn't they? Uh, when he played with Riley? Didn't they he got scratch sick. him? He oh, got he got sick. Sick. Yeah. sick right after. But, like, it's just like, I, I know what you mean, but it's just kind of like, damn, this guy definitely wants out. <laughs> oh, he yeah. for sure wants out. He was frustrated after last year's playoffs. I'm kind of surprised they have his agent hasn't made like a public. We've seen a couple of players recently. Who's his agent? I don't know, but let's take a look. He made you know he's. I also respect he just goes about his business. Yeah, like, it's good. I, yeah, I I would I've never been the biggest Dermot guy, but I really hope you know he gets a shot at it uh, like with another team. I, I think so as well. I think he a fair shot with another team. His agent is Jeff Jackson. Well, he's got a good agent then. Oh. Jeff Jackson's other clients: Connor McDavid, Aaron Eckblad, Alex DeBrus. Oh, you didn't, you didn't? Oh, okay. I thought you were. Jo- yeah, Jeff Jackson's one of the premier agents. Oh, he's a Wasserman NHL. guy. Okay, yeah, I know um, Wasserman. There you go. But I think Dermot could also be a sharp pickup for a team looking for like a six-seven defenseman who has a, some control for next year as well. If yeah. they're losing a free agent, like I think that's. I don't think that's a that's a bad. Or if guy they're trading up. a free agent and you get him in return. Yeah. So. Seattle. Yeah, a fair move. I mean. I, Treat the guy right at this point, kind yeah. of thing. Like yeah. he, like this this season, like he's been he, at one point he was scratched for six games in a row. Mm-hmm. Came back and he played some solid hockey, and then gets scratched again. Like the the Heritage Classic, I feel like that's such a kick to the groin because it's just like it, it's such a big event, and mm-hmm. like all the guys get so fired up for it. Like they made sure they had everyone in, and then like he gets scratched, and it's just like. Okay, but who do you pull out? Do you pull out the new guy, Labushkin? It's like, well, no, no. He's become very important to the the roster. So it's like, yeah, it's a tough spot. I mean, I, I, I really wish we could peel back the curtains and see what happened there. Mm-hmm. But that'd be kind of an invasion of privacy. So It's also amazing how much less we talk about Justin Hall since he started playing with TJ yes, Brody. That was about what I was going to ask you guys at all. How do we like the Hall-Brody Hall pairing? It's quiet. It's uh, That's other than want. the front of the net, I, I still don't like Brody in front. I, I showed you a clip. It was Cody Eakin just mm-hmm. put his ass straight into Brody, set up the tip, and tip went through no problem mm-hmm. for a scoring chance. I, I'm not going to complain about TJ Brody. No. I, even if he's a little it's soft It's just the one. That's the only aspect to his game that I, I will complain about. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to change, right? So does a lot of other things very, very well. Yeah. Have to add that in. Um but, yeah, it's incredible it how quiet it's just it's yeah i haven't heard other than someone brought it up the other day they're like oh justin hall stinks and i'm like but like what has he done in, in 2022 that's made you go ah justin hall and shake your fist at god nothing right yeah he's been steady i think most sure. likely at this point you know i don't know if they're gonna get a top 4d so is so, I mean, Justin Hall is going to be a part of the equation for the playoffs. Like, well, the top four, as it would sit right now, would have to. It would be something of the likes of Riley, Labushkin, Muzzin, Hull, uh, Muzzin, Brody, and Sandine then Sandine Hall. Hull. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And Sandine Hall, if I remember, looked pretty not bad. It was sufficient, on the, and it was yeah. a second pairing. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was very sufficient. I thought. I think what you said is great, though. Like, is there? There's no better way to bring back Muzzin than to just pair him with T.J. Brody. Like, it'd be it'd help him out so much. Oh yeah. yeah. That's why I, I hope they do that. I mean, but part of me thinks that they're gonna they're gonna force that Riley Brody back together. Maybe. So. 
We'll see. It'll be interesting. Muzzin's coming close to getting back. Yeah, good. So That's honestly get, really good. Uh, we're like, not going to get the exciting trade deadline we expected, but well, with I, all the I names still, that I, with I, all the names that have been pulled off the market, I'm like, I'm not letting that be an excuse. Yeah, I'm we sorry, can, I'm not. We still have a ton of room. If you, they could, they also cost themselves a bunch of room too. Yeah, that that's true. That's true. So there's with no. The, I don't know about this. So you mentioned that to me. You're like, well, what are they doing with this Muzzin situation? But it's like they didn't know. I feel like uh, maybe I'm just run out of the excuse train here. But uh, does did Vegas know? Did did Kucherov and Tampa know? Did, there's a lot of examples. And if they didn't know, why did they get rid of all their accrued cap space? That's true. Like that's and like to only have Clifford play literally one game. And all all they had to do was send down Clifford. Like there's no be... way to like shake it other than they just wasted like a million and a half dollars of cap space. Yeah. And if p- more people knew that, it'd be a way bigger story. I don't think people know the intricacies yeah. of the cap, especially when you compare it to teams like Boston and Colorado. What they're doing, they're saving themselves a ton of space by mm-hmm. doing this. Landis Cog. Well, Landis Cog's not on LTIR. They oh, saved yeah. their space using the accrued cap space. And they're yeah. going to have more space at the deadline. It's and they just traded Tyson Jones, which, yeah. to, which, which will help accrue, accrue more, more. Sp- yeah. cap yeah. space. Yeah, damn it. They they added Josh Manson without having to put anyone do anything, just to their active roster. And mm-hmm. they half retained him. Yeah, I mean that's a really good piece of work by Joe Sackett. Yeah, good, and and it's good work. Again, like even even if all of that work is just to save, like again, like we paid a fourth last year to get Felino double ret- like retained again. If that if that just means like saving a, a couple million dollars by not having Clifford a, a, on your NHL active roster, by that means saving a fourth round pick. Why are we not doing that, right? So you got to think that maybe I don't know, maybe it just doesn't fit in their plans, or I, I don't know what it is, maybe but it is a missed opportunity we for sure. Fourth round pick, we don't have one. That's but Jason, correct me if I'm wrong. On the path they were at, they were on pace to get about one point eight to two yeah, million two. dollars of extra cap space two. at the deadline. So. And if you include other so what players, do they, like what do they have? Now? Zero. Zero. So right now it's, but I wonder, I, I, I haven't, I, I don't want to, haven't looked at it recently with what would happen when Clifford goes down. I assume it's just, I, I don't know. The, the weird thing is that the Leafs have eight defensemen on their roster and 14 forwards. <laughs> so it's like just way too many guys. Yeah. Just way too many guys, but I don't know. Brandon Pridham. He's got his work cut yeah, out for him. They, they, I'm sure they know what they're doing, but. Um, Their mute moves have been curious, though. Yeah, it, it, they've yeah they've been odd, to say the least. So, they still do have. Uh, that's, they maybe have, one yeah. day it'll make sense. Yeah, maybe. Hopefully, maybe. Maybe by March twenty first. Yeah, hopefully. exactly. But for sure. But I'm just saying, I'm I'm confused. That's mm-hmm. all. Here. That's fair. From what you've laid out, hundred percent. I'm I'm in the exact same boat as you. And I just credit to that guy on Twitter, Earl Schwartz is his name. He's mm-hmm. been tweeting about this for the last month. Like, hey, yeah. if C- Clifford doesn't go down by this day, like they're going to waste all their recruit space. And he kept saying, like, this is really weird. I don't know why Clifford's still on the roster. Like, they must be really committed to the Muzzin LTIR move then. And then Muzzin skated the next day. And he was like, well, I really don't know how to explain <laughs> this. So, Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he, he puts out some interesting information with regards to the salary cap. So... Yeah, he uh, awesome. Um, other thing to note about defense, kind of unrelated, but the Toronto Marley. So Joseph Duzak came out and asked for a trade. Um, well, he's not a, he's not that that good. I don't see him with the 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 Leafs anytime soon. Even though he is over a point a game as a defenseman, the Marleys then moved him to forward, and he's been playing forward. And he got to, he got a top six look too. And he I believe he. 
Got an assist or scored in there as well. So the Joseph Duzak forward experiment is in full swing right now. So kind of an interesting thing to keep an eye on. Other thing, Curtis Douglas, I believe, has eight goals, 26 points in 47, 46 games this year. He's an AHL. He'd be eligible to be signed to an entry-level contract. So that's something to keep an eye on moving forward for, for next year. He's having a pretty good year down there. Six foot eight mm. is his height. That is a big boy. Holy smokes. Yes. Exactly. Jesus. Massive. So and that'd be interesting. Josh Hosang has really tailed off, eh? Numbers uh, he, wise? He came back from the Olympics. He, he scored a goal where he drove to the net, which is something. 23 that, points in 32 games. So he Minus had, before five. the Olympics, I believe he had 21 and 27. So he has a little bit, right? I don't know. The Marlies are doing all right. Uh, mm-hmm. They signed Blandisi for the rest of the year, which was good to see. He's been he's been chipping in there, but I just don't see a ton of guy like I really don't guys that are going to be. I'm looking to be on the Leafs. I don't see a lot of guys when I look at this roster. Yeah, it would be the only guys in the conversation is like Brett Sini, Joey Anderson. Those are the two, and they called up Nick Robertson. So yeah. and Nick Robertson's already up. So. I don't know. Maybe someone else sees something in one of those two guys. They're playing pretty well. I like Bressini as a player. But anywho, uh, moving along, goalies. anything else we have about the defense? No, uh, we're talking about the goalies. What's there to talk about? What? No. We're we're, we're yeah, not. we're going to count all the saves from uh, all the clutch saves from Peter Morales. No, there's been no goalie talk this this week. There's nothing to talk about. Nothing to talk about there. Um Read out the first note I have for goalies. Peter Mrazek shits the bed. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. Oh. He was... I, I already mentioned it, but he was completely... He was awful. Awful this week. Like, it, So, it started off... Arizona, the first two two goals were just... Like, I was listening to this... I listened to this game on the radio, and then I watched it, like, the next day. Joe Bowen and Jim Ralph were flabbergasted at how bad these two goals were from Peter Mrazek. Like, they didn't even, like, do the play-by, but they are just like, oh, 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 how did, how did that get in? Ooh, kind of thing. Like, especially the Chikrin one where it's just, it's, it's a curling rock, and they're just slowly, like, like they had the brooms behind it to get it, was it hilarious. in. I, I've never seen a goal go under four players on the like on the defending team stick in my entire life. Like four guys tried to take a whack at it, couldn't couldn't get it, and then Maraza comes across and dives and somehow fumbles his stick. I've, his stick. Fell. I don't even understand. And he, it looked like he like someone put a banana peel underneath him because he just like flopped over there. And yeah, I don't know what that guy was doing before this game, the day night before this game, the day of this game. Don't do it ever again, like yeah. because it was I I don't know what the hell that was, but then he had the Heritage Classic, Hamilton, Ontario, Tim Hortons Field to redeem himself. Started the game pretty good, couldn't catch a puck worth of shit. I don't know why. Like I, it, it, I'm guessing it had something to do with the brand new glove that he was using. Might have something to do with it there, but he couldn't catch anything. He made some saves. I thought there was one. It was the Casey Middlestad one. People were like, oh, that was going over the net. Or, oh, that uh, he was wildly out of position on that one. Yeah, because the Leafs turned it on, over within their own blue line, and Kyle Pozo was providing a screen on the one-on-o. I've, the only time I've ever seen that 
was in an intramural hockey game where we were up 5-1. So my team just stopped playing defense. Like, that's why. He had to look through that screen. He made a pretty good save. And then the next shot was um, the side of the net one, which was just a dagger. To get into a little bit about that fourth goal, people are complaining about that. Well, Peter Mrazek doesn't know where the post is. No, the post is supposed to stay in the ice, and you use you use the post as momentum to push out or push post to post. He tried to push off the post, and it came off. So he didn't go anywhere, so it slipped through. Yeah, but I don't care about that. I care that it slipped through. Yeah. It's it's not a great goal. It's a terrible goal. I'm sorry. I'm tired of the excuses. At that time. We just pulled up an AHL guy to give us more saves than Mrazek's given us all yeah, year. Yeah, he did. Straight facts. Yeah, nothing him. else. That, like, Mrazek's been terrible. Absolutely yeah, terrible. That's it. He's There's been no, inexcusably terrible. I'm terrible. just saying what happened on that fourth goal. No, I agree. But I'm just saying, like, it can't go in, though. That's what I've been saying for, no. like, a month. Again, we talk about tips, defending in front. There were still tips tonight. There were a lot of tips tonight, actually. Yep. Stop them all. Like it, it, it's not like again. I'm not saying it's necessarily Mrazek's fault overall. There's a lot of issues with the team. It's not all on him. It's not all on anything. But there was no way they're gonna win with Mrazek in that. Mm-hmm. They're not. It's interesting. How big is Eric Schalgren? Someone pull that six up. Three. He's skinny man. He's six yeah, three. He's six. How 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 much? Mrazek is only six two. I think that's like a little bit of number. No, that's a that's a fudge. He's six yeah. one. Yeah, I am almost because Mrazek very or, confident. Or, he's six one. Schalgren, Schalgren looks a lot not a lot taller, but looks significantly looks taller. Too. Six three one yeah. ninety eight. Yeah, that's pretty thin. He's thin. I saw but, when but they he has big equipment. Game, I feel thin. like that's part. That, that's something that like. Some goalies do like specifically Vasilevsky. His chest protector is like three times the size of him. I know. I know. I'm just Did saying. You know, like, Frederick Anderson shrunk his pads two years ago. Yes, I remember that. So that he can move around quicker. Interesting. It's paid but, off this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't in Toronto. I don't know what he was doing there, but he. It's very noticeable. If you pull mm-hmm. up a picture of his CN Tower pads and you pull up a picture of his pads now, they are noticeably thinner. Interesting. So, it, it, some goalies you can't yeah. move with that no, no, bigger yeah, chest yeah, protector, yeah. right? Yeah. Six two one eighty seven for Mrazek. So it's thirteen pounds that Shalgren has on him in terms mm-hmm. of just filling out the net. Like, I don't know. I, I think so. Essentially, my take on what with this the least goalie situation as it sits right now. Campbell is on IR. You have Mrazek. You have Eric Shalgren. You play Shalgren until he proves he cannot play hockey I at like this that. level. I like that. Okay. There's the only way that you do it. I'm not going to pull out the takes. Oh, well, Shalgren fits the Leafs' style better because he's bigger and he cuts off more of an angle, so the tips are more likely to hit him, right? And Peter Mrazek is smaller and more athletic. That is just galaxy brain. We need more games. You you can't judge a goalie based off of one game. It could be Garrett Sparks. Yeah. Well, Shalgren played much. No, but I'm just saying, for example, I remember people were saying, Sparks, what a pick. Seventh round value. Like, what's going to happen? He'll be in in the mix for the next five years. Executives say that was one of my best picks ever. Correct. Correct. Ha, 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 ha. But but that's why I appreciate your point. It was 16 saves on 16 shots against the Edmonton Oilers who finished last that year. Shalgren, it was 35 saves on 35 shots against the Dallas Stars, who are Mm -hmm. a much better team. So it was, a, it was much more impressive. However, yes, like you, you have to pump the brakes on goalies. Yeah, like you have to see, like, a full season before you can real at an NHL level. It has to be at the NHL level before you can say, ah, yes, like this is our guy moving forward, mm-hmm. right? 
because he's played pro hockey in Sweden. He had some good moments with the Marlies this year. At one point, he was a 925 when the next highest was like an 880 or whatever, but it, it that has since dropped. But he looked good, and he's earned the second start. Yeah. Absolutely. Plain and simple. Yeah. So I was about to ask, obviously, you guys think 100% that he's, he's starting. If he's it's not him, I'd lose confidence in this co- coaching staff a little yeah, bit. That's I the dumbest thing ever. Yeah, I, yeah. You cannot pull him out I'd after be, a shutout. I'd be shocked. Yeah. I'm going to get crucified by my fantasy partner for holding Mrazic over Colgren texted me today saying Shalgren saying I should drop we should drop Mrazic. Should. I don't know why you don't want him in fantasy. What? He gets points in our league. For yeah, what? Get, if you, I don't want to get into Heritage it. Heritage Classic saves no, you, specifically. You you get you get Most points for getting shots. Crease? No, you get points for getting saves. So he doesn't, he doesn't get saves. <laughs> I, he gets, still gets points, guys. Yeah. Right, okay. Um, sure. I'm just saying. Here's my thing on Mrazic. Uh, I would, if anyone yeah. gave me anything, even zero for him, I would get rid of him. Yeah. Right Simply now, yeah. because he makes 3.75 million. The amount of things, 3. you can 8. Do, the amount yeah, of things you can do with that cap space at the deadline would be incredible. Mm-hmm. Like incredible. Yeah. As of right now. And the, the issue that I think we're going to find with Mrazic in Toronto is that his, he's had really good peak seasons, but he's also valued out in a lot of seasons. Yes, if you look at his save percentage rolling year to year, it's looks like a, like a heartbeat monitor. It's up, down, yeah. up, down, up, down. I don't think the Leafs need that in a back of goalie. No. I think they need a stable 9-10. They, like, they don't need a stud goalie. They yeah. really don't. At one point, we did. And you know what? To win in the playoffs, you do. Mrazek's not playing in the playoffs for the Leafs. He might have to, but he's not going to be their goalie. So you already know fun, that. What's funny is they don't need like that stud goalie need 9-10. That's what Mrazek was supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he's like, like 9-15. He's kinda. supposed to, but he you can see in his save percentage. Yeah. 918, 921, and then 901, 910, 891, 914, 905, 923, and back to 884. It's it's up and down. And right now he's in a bad spot. If you could cut ties with that, I would cut ties as soon as yeah. possible. I don't think he's a bad goalie. I think he would work out elsewhere. However, right now just it's spiraling. Like He's possibly uncomfortable playing in front of mm-hmm. what the Leafs' defensive system is. It's a huge market. It's the yeah. hockey mecca. You can't underrate what that You will can't do. get away from the pressure. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think, like, I'm not saying throw him to the wind. He's not an NHL. He is an NHL goaltender. I just don't know if he's going to be able to find that in Toronto. No, I don't have I, much. I, I personally, think, I don't have much confidence that he will find that this season in Toronto. If, if he came back next year and gave us, like, 9-15 in 30 games, I would not be shocked at all. But the current situation is, Apparently, the Leafs can't make a move because they're so cap tight. Like, there's a great way to get rid of 3.8 million. I don't know if that's realistic. I don't know who would take them, how you'd figure that out. I think yeah. there's, I think there'd be teams that would take them. But in terms of an opportunity this year, mm-hmm. I, I think I don't know. I've heard some things otherwise, which kind of have surprised me. But I don't know how you're not going absolute balls to the wall at the trade yes. deadline this year. Yeah, I'm trying to do whatever you can to win. I I've heard some indications that the Leafs may be quiet at this deadline. That would be really disappointing for me personally. Yeah, I agree. I at least I expect at least one more defenseman to this roster. Yeah. But what if it's not a like what if it's a third pair defenseman? That's it. And that's the only thing like they who do though? Jacob Middleton, Justin Braun. Um, if that's only I think move you can we, make it work. If that's only move we make, I'm kind of disappointed. Well, when you look well, at what the other guys are going to do and they're going to do a lot. Jacob yeah. Middleton. Yeah. So I I His I'd name's be, out there. Yeah. I, That's what Jason said. Yeah, I said the I tweet earlier today. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'd be disappointed, especially considering like the assets we gave up last year to 
To get Nick Foligno to get and Nick, Ben Hutton. So, and, yeah, like we acquired Nick Foligno, Ben Hutton, uh, David Riddich, and Riley Nash for a first, uh, third, two-fourths, and a, se- a fifth and a seventh, I believe. Yeah. So that's six picks. Basically to get. an entire draft pick. Yeah, literally an entire draft The Ricky Williams-Mike Ditka trade, if anyone yeah. knows that. So, but. And, and I, I understand because of that we're in a position this year where maybe – management would be hesitant but i'm sorry you you swung and you missed like don't not swing again because then that's how you strike out so you'll get caught look i actually this was a great point made by our buddy luca we were talking a bit about which one luca zuliani there you go we were talking because there was this article about dubis's trades and we're going over this one good bad whatever but we mentioned this last week yeah but he's saying which i i think kind of makes sense is like dubis kyle dubis is a very intellectually based smart guy i think he makes a mistake, and he's not stubborn. He likes to, you know, if he makes a mistake, and he'll learn from it. Yeah. But I think he sometimes overcompensates Over. mm-hmm. for his mistakes. Yeah. Like Mason Marchment traded, and then next year you sign Nick Fol- or you give a first for Nick Foligno and sign Wayne Simmons. Yeah. That was an example. And Bogosian, too. And Bogosian. Like, that, well, you, like, you don't have enough veteran experience on this team? Go out and sign 41-year-old Joe, Joe Thornton. Thornton. Exactly. Yeah. Like. You know what I mean? Maybe and maybe that's what's going to happen this year. Where oh, we've given up our first round pick at all these deadlines. Now we're going to do nothing. That was a mistake. We're going to do. We're going to keep our picks and do nothing. What do you think? I, mean, about I would hope not. I would hope not. Yeah, I think there's still gaps in this roster, and if you could improve on it, why not? Um, before we get to some around the league, do you think Flurry is a realistic opportunity for the Leafs? I don't think it's realistic. Um, I mean, again, Flurry's not that. Big of a goal. Like, I, I almost want to see, like, when you're looking around the league, like Anton Forsberg's another guy, too. He weighs 178. Flurry's not a very big goaltender as well. My thing was, and what I'm happy, it was interesting to see that it worked with Shalgren. I wanted to see a different type of goaltender in the net. Mm-hmm. Campbell and Razak are both the same height, same weight, same style of goaltender. I want to see maybe if a different goal, like, type of goaltender, like, you, mm-hmm. you throw in, I'm trying to think. Well, well, hasn't bigger. that been Anderson, though? Yeah, I was going to say. Anderson like, was 6'4", 220, yes. Yeah, so like a different so, yes. style than. Except in his last year, I thought he was flopping too much because yeah. of injuries. Also, I would say in his prime with the Leafs, their defense was worse than it yes. is. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It was much worse. Oops. Hope that the only matter. issue with Anderson, again, is his playoff play was very yeah, inconsistent. He, he just completely shit the bed in the playoffs, of course. Right. Which are, if I bet if he had, like, if if the Leafs yeah. maybe made one run to like the third round, I bet Anderson would still be the Leafs. Probably, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. If he gave us, yeah, that that Columbus year, if he yeah. gave us a, like a couple series wins, a hundred percent, he's back. Even with like, just he didn't. Yeah, and then it just went bad last. And year. And it went really bad last year. And everyone who says like, oh, you know, Mrazek for Anderson. Oh, the one thing I will say is like, we talked about it the whole year. We didn't want a three point eight million dollar backup. We were more interested in a one two billion dollar backup, one B, kind of thing. And if you look at the money, Fred's only making four point two, and Mirazik's making three point eight. But most of us were not interested in signing Frederick Anderson back. No, at like any price. That was like not us, but like we just saw terrible performance for how long? You're like, what's this injury? He's thirty whatever years old. How is his performance going to be able to keep up? Like, there was a lot of questions. Carolina gambled on Frederick Anderson, and it paid off. Plain and simple. Yeah, good for them. Good for them. I mean, he's playing like what we saw, the Frederick Anderson of old. But again, we'll see what happens in the playoffs, right? So <laughs> in terms of trading for a goalie, obviously, like, 
I don't think the Shalgren start makes a difference, does it? No. Maybe to no, some people it might, but I, I just don't. From the sense from the interviews that I've seen with Kyle Dubas, I don't think they're trading for I a goaltender. Right. Um, if you were to, my big thing, like, like, the, I, I probably do have to research it more. But as I was saying, like, why are you going out and getting a Flurry Forsberg? that are the same type of goaltender as what you have. Well, to be fair. Maybe it's that type of goaltender that's not working within the Leafs system. Maybe you, you try to mix it up. But again, it, like that would just be that would be playing fantasy GM. Mm-hmm. I, I agree to an extent, but I think Fleury's like a different case. Like he's right now. Yeah, he's also he's, a Hall he, of Famer. Right, and he's ch- trying to chase a cup. Like mm-hmm. Then maybe that's like also a momentum thing. Right? Wow, yeah. our GM went out and got Marc-Andre Fleury. Like, Let's pick it up. Like, let's make yeah. a run here. There's no concrete sort of theories that you can go based off of in terms of if you were to acquire a goaltender. So that's where we're just kind of theorize. You have to theorize yeah. it, and I think that's all you're left to do. Because, look, like St. Louis gave up a bunch and went out and got Ryan Miller, who had a 920 on a terrible team. How did that work out for them? Yeah, not good. I not remember good. that. that was, he was really bad, though, right? He was. He had a nine oh five, and oh, then in the playoffs, they just they didn't make it past the round. Yeah, and it was not. It was. It soured very quickly, and he went to Vancouver afterwards. But then there are cases where it did work. Vegas went out and got Robin Lehner. He looked very good. He won them a couple playoff rounds. He was good for them in the playoffs. So, but again, ooh, Robin Lehner six five. Flurry's only six two. I don't know. I don't. I. I don't think there's anything there. Also, I don't theory, think they're gonna pay a first round pick for half a year of a goal. That's just no. absurd. No, like if that's the real is. asking price, that's nobody's for trading Flurry, for Flurry. I think it would be. Well, no one's gonna give that because you have to retain. Chicago would have to retain. I don't think anyone's gonna give that though. Yeah. You think someone would give a first? They would have to get uh, something else back as well. Who was the last expiring goalie to get well, traded think for about a first? Who I are the playoff teams that need a goaltender back? Edmonton. It just, it's just Edmonton, Toronto. And I, I don't think Edmonton's going to because Edmonton's in an interesting spot in which Koskinen's come on. But also they'd have to trade one of Koskinen and Smith, right? Yeah. And then that's on top of that. Someone's not, nobody's giving assets for either of them. They also like Stuart Skinner, and they've said that they want to give him a fair shot as well. So they actually have three goalies. <laughs> wow. But so, hmm. so it looks like Flurry's probably staying put because or or Vegas would be the other one now, which is kind of funny. I don't think he's come back there. But they need that a goalie badly. Yeah, they do. They do. Larry B's not uh, providing what they need there. But anyway, in terms of goaltenders, just to wrap it up nice and quick, Mrazek's been shit. Very nice to see Shalgren. Hopefully, see him in the net Thursday. Better see him in the net Thursday. Uh, we will continue to monitor this. We I think Jack Campbell is the Leafs' like real hope here, and hopefully mm-hmm. he gets back healthy and plays well. Mm-hmm. We'll see. That's true. Maybe the break will do him well because he was going bad for a while there. No one ever wants reset. to get injured. A little reset would be good for him. I Once think. he hears those soup chants again, he, he'll yeah. be right back on track. I think. Right. Yeah. Also, like I forgot to say this last podcast, but like you know the goalies are bad. When my girlfriend came to the Sabers game with me, and she's like. Not the biggest. She likes hockey, but not the biggest fan. Obviously, doesn't analyze the game like us. Within, I don't know, halfway through the second period, she's like, "Is this a different goalie?" I was like, "Yeah." She's like, "He's way worse than the other one." I was like, <laughs> "Well, right now, yeah." He, like, <laughs> right now, yep. He 
couldn't stop a beach ball that game. So one quick thing, I don't know if I'm missing a goal here, but I just you can do a quick sort of trades at the tra- at the trade deadline. And there, I, going back to 2006, I there don't see a, been I don't see a goalie first. being no. traded for a first. No. What did so. Miller go for? That was the only. Laner went for like a second. I know that. Um, There's there hasn't been many goalies moved. I mean, like Reimer was traded from the Leafs to San Jose as a backup. You think they get Reimer back? That's a, that is the second most talked about goalie. So Ryan, I lied. Ryan Miller was traded for yeah, the we first, just, but Steve Ott was also there. Chris Stewart. I don't want. I don't Black want was in that Anderson. Deal. He doesn't show up in big games. I want James Reimer, who is mentally much more tougher than Frederick. No, he's not. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not talked about enough as being just one of the mentally weaker goaltenders in the league. Yeah. He is. He's never, some, he's never been a real starter. That's the yeah. thing. Yeah. He's a good 1B. Yeah. In a non-hockey market. Yeah. So, so yeah. he probably wants to stay there. Right? Um, all right. Around the league, Colorado made some moves. We just talked about that. Josh Manson being added, 50% retained. It's a great From move. the Anaheim Ducks. Adds move. exactly what they need. Some grit on the back end. Ability to stop the cycle. Physicality in front of the net. Right? And, and I don't know what the J Fresh charts say. It's what they need, though. Yeah. Show me a defensive defenseman who's actually good on those. Like, clearly, that's a blind spot for his. A defensive defenseman that's not named Adam Pellick because that guy's on another planet. Yeah. Like, I, I also, you have, like, Manton's a, a bit of an injury guy, so you have some yeah. risk there. But if he's healthy in the playoffs, he'll be really good. He'd be incredible. And also, they don't have, an, like, they don't have another guy they don't that have... they're comfortable playing top four minutes. You can see by their deployment, they have. McCarr and Taves playing mid-20s. Gerard plays like 22 minutes. And then their next highest guy is like Eric Johnson at 16, Jack Johnson at 15, Ryan Murray at 14. And Bowen Byram got injured. Mm-hmm. And you're not bringing Bowen Byram back and throwing him in top four in the playoffs. That's not fair to him. No. I think they want to keep developing, developing him properly in a bottom pair of minutes with a guy like Murray or Eric Johnson. That's a really good decor now making that move. Exactly. Uh, just going back to Adam Pellick real quick. How funny was that? Plus minus for I know plus minus isn't the best stat, but the plus minus for the Islanders. Yeah, everyone he's, is. He's number five. one at. Well, everyone's at five, but then he's at tw- he's in first at twenty one. That's crazy. Yeah. Sixteen above second place. That's crazy. Anyways, plus minus not great, but again, when you show it like that, it, it, you can. Yeah, when you're minus fifty, it is saying something, and when you're fifteen above the second place guy in your team, yeah. It does say something. Rough the other analytics the, are going up. For the Islanders, eh? Yeah, wow. it is. Um, latest trade chatter, Ben Sherratt was scratched recently. He's been linked to almost every single team in the NHL, so watch out for him. Pittsburgh, I mean, Berkey, that's his kind of guy. Oh, yeah. Pittsburgh, I heard St. Louis is another one. The Rangers. St. Louis is there. like, that's exactly how they like their D. Mm-hmm. So. They like them boys big. I expect the Rangers to make a big move. They got a ton of cap yep. space. Giordano, we'll see where he goes. Hopefully the Leafs. We've seen him connected again. To who? To the Leafs. From who? Jason sent me something today. Who? About right. Giordano. Yeah, so that was Saravelli, I believe. I got a text. I, I, got a, I, got, I got confirmation from his trainer. He's not expecting it. If, if, he is moved, if he's in trade rumors with the Leafs, he's not expecting it. So, yeah. Uh, I, I read that differently than you. Hmm? That text I, message? Yeah, yeah. Let's read it. Let's read it live on air right now. This is awful radio. So quickly, Frank's going back to uh, Giordano. Frank Cervelli said on Sportsnet 590 that he hasn't heard Sherrod's Tr- name connected to the Leafs too much. Guessing he's probably further down on their target list. 
Giordano higher on their list? So I so. got he's uh, so just bumped into X. He said blah blah blah. I said, did you ask if Giordano is coming to the Leafs? He said Giordano cost three goals against the Leafs. He said he gave him shit. Giordano says Leafs can't afford him. Yeah, but what does that mean? They can't afford his price tag or and his, his salary. Caps, his, salary. his salary. We could figure that. We out. We could figure that out easily. I think. In terms of like. Listen, if we're things getting, to figure out, that should be again the easiest thing to figure. Yeah, out. but if his name is in trade rumors with the Leafs, he's not expecting to come to the Leafs. It seems like okay, right? Yeah, maybe. So, so it would be a surprise. From, from to what him. I understand, is all they asked him is to submit a 19-team list that he could get traded to, and the Leafs are on the list of one of the teams he could get traded to. Beautiful. Okay, that's what that's what I saw on Twitter too. Yeah, beautiful. Again, so. as of right now, he's not expecting it, but hopefully that changes. But yeah. also looking at the market, like Manson. Only got a second and a prospect. I don't know. I don't know how good that prospect is. So I don't want to speak half retained. and half retained. Yeah. Not bad. He was on the Olympic team. They signed him right Decent. away. So, so yeah. they, they obviously right liked him. But um, yeah, like if that's the cost for for uh, it's essentially I guess two seconds for Manson. You can't yeah. like Jordana, who's kind of having a Boston down College. year in a lot of people's eyes. We don't think so. Um, how, how much more would he realistically cost? I don't know. Yeah. Probably the also, that, price. That trade went first to to set the price tag. Also, yeah. like you said, if if that's like. It, if he doesn't expect to be traded to the Leafs and the Leafs do nothing and like they could have got Giordano, that sucks. That does suck. Yeah. Massively sucks. That sucks. It's terrible. <laughs> That's ter- that no sucks. Put it. it just sucks. But but I agree. I bet as of right now, it looks like the Leafs can't afford his his cap space. They yeah. could have they could have done a lot of things to do it. Mm-hmm. If you accrued two million at the deadline, moved Hall in the trade, and got him half retained, you can get him easily. Uh, you don't even need you didn't even need him to get half retained if you did that. That's how much space we would have had. Yeah. We would only need to be yeah. like 30% retained. But anyways. Anyways. All right. But well. you're welcome for the scoops from Joe. That was a great scoop. Yeah. As of right now. It's my only source. As of right now. Not expected. Can that change for our sake? Hopefully. Hopefully. So we have in three minutes, it'll be five days till the trade deadline. We will do a recap of the trade deadline on March 21st. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do a quick rundown of like the top guys and right now? Real quick. If right, anyone so wants a little tr- early trade deadline primer. Jason, you can pull up the list, but in terms of guys that were pulled off, it looks like Hurdle is not on the market. Thomas Hurdle, San Jose is looking to sign him. John Klingberg was, is off the market. It looks like in Dallas as Miro Heiskanen went out with Mono, I believe it yeah. was. So yeah. those are two pretty big names off the market. Philip Forsberg was floated out there, but we'll traded. see. I guess probably not getting traded. Um, ben Schrott's the biggest one out there right now. Well, like he's a big one. He's is a he, he is he's a size tall, wise, a tall a tall one piece. that is out there. Any other? What are some other? I names think it's fair to so, say Sherrod has been like the most talked about for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. One. So the tr- NHL trade board, according to the Athletic, I don't know if they do this based on like I don't know how how they rank it, but number one, Giordano. Number two, Claude Giroux. Number three, interesting, Jake DeBrusque. Um, he's kind of c- come back into form with uh, the 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 Claude Giroux. I don't think they're trading DeBrusque anymore. They're not. No, I think when was it, what date is that from? It's pr- it's pretty updated. It's they mentioned the Manson trade, so yeah, DeBrus played a, a couple games on their top line when Marshawn was out. Yeah, so and they like they totally flipped. He was pretty productive, and he's been picking it up. So I don't. He'll, I'm surprised. Like the big one is Hampus Lindholm is readily available right mm-hmm. now. I'm surprised you haven't mentioned yeah. that. He is number That's seven on the list. Following up right behind him is Rickard Raquel. Ricard uh, Raquel. Uh, and then Ricky, Ricky, Ricky. Raquel, Jacob Chitrin's on there. Ben Sherratt, Cal, Cal Yarncrook, 
Phil Kessel. Phil Kessel will see. Just had a kid. He should get traded to Boston. Braden Holpe, maybe that's a guy who the Leafs would look at. I don't know. I, I, we kind of. I think we talked about wanting to sign uh, him as our backup. At the I game think of the year, Dallas right? is going. F- well, I mean, as a swap, they just put on who Hudo- yeah, they just put Hudobin on LTIR. So I don't think as a swap for whom Mrazek. Well, like that's the other problem. Like you, you can't trade for a goalie without getting rid of Mrazek. Yeah, you have to. So, yeah. kind of makes sense, I guess, for them. But for Dallas. Yeah, then you have uh, your your mentor to Jake Ottinger moving forward. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't like know. that. I like this. It's Whatever. a good sell. I like Klingberg. that. I'm a fan. And it's, a, it's a sell. It's not. I don't know. Yeah. Varlamov as well. Other goalies: Braun, Domi, Larson, yeah. Besser, Tyler Varlamov Mott. Who the five and a half? I believe five in salary for another year. Uh, yeah, my big thing with him at the beginning of every year, it looks like he forgets how to play hockey. So it's like, is it a hip injury? Is it just he doesn't train in the off season? Mm-hmm. So the thing I like about him is he's been pretty like, solid, he's just consistent, consistent. So last yeah. couple of years, nine twelve, nine twenty nine, nine fourteen, nine oh nine, nine twenty. Yeah. He was one of my underrated guys in the summer. Yeah, and then I watched him against Boston this year. I'm like, this guy forgot how to play hockey. But it again, does not he's look another like the same guy. He's another size wise identical to what we have. He's six two two ten. Nice thicker. He's thicker, but like. 20 pounds thicker. He's not much taller. Yeah. Um, in terms of those guys, interesting for everyone tuning in. I think Giroux's most likely going to get traded. Mm-hmm. If he gets traded to Florida, that's bad news bears for the Leafs. I don't know. Yeah. Not much else to say there. Um, I don't know if Tampa Bay is going to be in the market for many guys. They're pretty pretty capped out, and they have a pretty darn good pretty team. Bare. Yeah. And they've they've spent a lot, and they've actually gone for it in really smart ways and trading first for guys with term. Still have a very good team, though. And I, I really don't think they're that interesting. Like, where are they going to at? Their decor is rock solid. Their forward group has been a really good mix in the bottom six of veterans like Pierre-Edward Bellamar. Corey Perry's had a fantastic year. Pat Maroon contributes. Young guys like Matthew Joseph, Ross Colton. Like, they they just develop. and mm-hmm. I feel like they're missing, like, a, a David Camp. Bellamar. I guess. That's yeah. their David Camp. Maybe, yeah. It is. True. Look how that much he true. plays for them. Look when he plays. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, one more name that's interesting that the Leafs were kind of rumored in at the beginning of the season, but it kind of tailed off as the season went on. But now that Detroit co- Detroit's come out and said that pretty much everyone's on the table right now, they're willing to talk anyone other than Cider and um, Danny DeCaser. Uh, Raymond, yeah. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi t- for the Leafs. Yeah. They're not. Tra- there's I'm just, zero point. Zero, Zero percent chance. chance. He his can't name, play here. Still, his name was on the list. So just he can't play here. Yeah, but he can't. Up, yeah, he can't play in Canada. True. That's so, a wrench in the situation. That's why it's yeah, zero, zero point zero percent. <laughs> Maybe they take a run at Dylan Larkin. I don't know. But they're not what? training Dylan I don't Larkin. Know. I don't know. No, I don't know. I'm just no. causing nonsense now. But <laughs> anyways, um, well, you kind of r- like just rip through the list quick. Is there any names out there that like stand out to you? Depth names, anything? like I like to, ra- I like Raquel, I like Lindholm. Yeah, uh, surprised Jeff Petrie chatter has gone down. Yeah, um, the probably nobody's gonna pay what they want. He also has a lot of term right? because of the term as well. Yeah. Dmitry Filipovich mentioned in PDO cast he can see a fit between Chikrin and LA, which I can see too. But mm-hmm. he said it would be easier to get that done in the off season. So yeah, especially with Chich- he got hurt. Yeah, he uh, just got hurt his ankle. You're right. So I don't know how long he's going to be. Able. It, it said two to four months, but who knows? Who wants to take a risk? Two at, to four months. Or, sorry, excuse me. Two to four weeks. Oh my gosh. Oh, okay. Um, but who knows if they, someone wants to take a risk at that at the deadline? Because as of 
right now the deadline would be only one week into that injury. So you don't really get a full picture of that. But um, Exactly. L.A. would make sense, though. I mean, you, yeah. you give up Turcotte, Velarde, Rasmus Kupari, a pick, something like that. Yeah. I'd be interested to see, like, just in a general sense, if Brock Besser gets traded anywhere. Just I agree. Because, That's like, interesting. It like, would be kind of weird if Vancouver, after all this, did absolutely nothing. Nothing, absolutely. After yeah. all the like, they brought in ten new people in their front office. Like Jim Rutherford said, everyone's available. Analyzing the roster, analyzing moves, and then they do nothing. That's kind of odd. Yeah. So I, I I sent you guys Tyler a Myers yeah. is on the market. Yeah, sure, that sure was interesting. Is. Like I'm not sure who would pay to get Tyler Myers. What's the quote about big players? It's something like, "Oh, he's six four all day all or day. something." Every day of the week. Every day of the week, he's six four. I, I, I'm but still he's six seven. I'm still looking at Chicago, even if it's not Flurry, maybe one of their D for the Leafs plus Brandon Hagel, yeah. and they give Connor Murphy got injured. I don't know the. Extent I think of that. maybe a Calvin DeHaan and Brandon Hagel like trade Calvin, for the Leafs. Yeah, it was yeah. funny. I went to go watch, and I'm like, oh, let's see what this Hagel guy's all about. I saw him once against Philly, and then I watched him in the Ottawa game. His like first instance of him touching the puck, he turned it over for a goal. Oh, tough. He's got his 21st goal tonight. Ooh. Wow. Wow. Not bad. And Flurry had a 45 save overtime loss. Ooh. So. A loss, so it keeps that price low. Other guys, Andrew Kopp, interesting. Max yeah. Domi, interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we'll see what happens. Max Domi, he can hit three pylons with two pucks. Yeah, that was a cool and video. And then knock over a net. That was a cool video. That was sick, except. I didn't watch it. I just heard you guys talk. Tell me about it. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> but, anywho. Any other points to be made? It's a big week. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Hope, like, hopefully a lot happens. That's all. I want to see more Mantha for Verona. In the yeah, first. that was fun. Before we go, let's just get a percentage chance of Peter Morazic playing his last game in the Leafs jersey. Give us zero. Zero. Zero? Zero. zero? He's going to okay. play again. within. The, but by well, the time we do the next Tuesday podcast, he'll have played another But that's game. past the trade deadline. There's only two games from now until the Wh- trade deadline. What did you say? Uh, Marazic playing uh, his last game as a Leaf in the Leaf sweater. Yeah, we have five, oh. five days till trade deadline. Yeah, There's like, two... I don't, I don't know how they trade him. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, I agree. Well, if, if you want to get a goalie back, like that's you have to trade. Him. But anyways, I, I agree. Yeah. So, who the heck would take that contract? I don't know. Right now, I don't know. Right now, yeah. Unless I again, it was they gave a pick to move him, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. The wait will be over by the time exactly. we do this. Monday. Monday. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, be sure to keep out uh, YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube. Give us a rating on Spotify. Leave us a review on iTunes. We appreciate it so, so much. Thank you, everyone, again, for listening. Go Leafs, go.